That's what makes us tough. And we keep a coming. We're the people that live. They can't wipe us out. They can't lick us. The change has started, and the change in Detroit is real. We're back! Yeah, 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 yeah. Detroit, Michigan. Here, you can actually see what you do affect a great American city, and it's, it's hopefully a historical comeback. Welcome in to Opportunity Detroit. Hi, this is Paul W. Smith. Today, we'll say hi to Andrew Iaquinta. Director of Business Development, Rock Ventures, and Chief Operating Officer of WRKSP, Lindsay Hunter IV, owner of Lindsay Hunter Elite and CEO of Heartbreak Records. Then finally, Anna Robb, a Detroit content creator. It's all about opportunity, it's all about Detroit, and it's all about to happen. Detroit, Michigan. As we start off this edition of Opportunity Detroit, we welcome Andrew Iaquinta, Director of Business Development, Rock Ventures, and Chief Operating Officer, WRKSP. And I'm as anxious as you are to find out what that means. Uh, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure having you here, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be here, Paul. Tell me right away. I know uh, I, there's all kinds of stuff I can talk about, but I need to know right away. What is this? What is WRKSP? Yeah, it's actually pronounced workshop. We took the vowels out. Oh. Um, so, um, but it's uh, it's it's a music-based lifestyle company that uh, Dan Gilbert uh, co-founded with Shay Pope, a contemporary music producer, media executive, and entrepreneur uh, himself. Um, so we we had met Shay through Kanye West. Uh, he was running his music label called Good Music, um, and in a chance meeting, uh, Dan decided that you know he wanted to work on something to bring back the music industry, um, both from an economic development standpoint, but also just seeing the writing on the wall with the way that uh, the music industry works right now um, and how it's typically set up in an unfair manner for artists. I'm um, looking to change that paradigm. So, uh, Workshop is a is a music and lifestyle uh, company that brings music and uh, in community together. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, Dan Gilbert launched on the 63rd anniversary of Motown Records. Talk about giving true homage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Dan, uh, you know, and, and I mean, the team, Matt Rizek's on the board there from from Rock as well. But, um, you know, we we uh, have a love and, and, um, and, and, and really... And, and really had become friends with the Motown folks. We, we just recently, through the Gilbert Family Foundation, wrote a grant um, uh, to them for the expansion project, which is great. And Robin's doing great work over there. Um, so we're very familiar with the Motown uh, family, um, the, the Gordy family. But also, you know, we, we're, we're no stranger to, you know, talent and industry leaving Detroit over, you know, uh, uh, the last the last few decades. And so... When, when we had the opportunity to, you know, put, put music in Detroit on a national scale in the same sentence again, then we, we really um, thought deeply about that opportunity and, and the weight of that opportunity. So the 63rd anniversary was a way for us to say, you know, instead of, you know, Motown leaving, departing for L.A., um, for Hollywood, we wanted to change that, that statement and bring uh, Motown back to the city bring music back to the city. So that was really why Che 
and, and Dan wanted to use that anniversary date as a commemorative date um, for all the work that Barry and the Gordy family uh, has done to make Detroit a brand name in music, and we want to contribute to that legacy. We will forever remember from this day forward what WRKSHP is. It's actually Workshop. Now let's learn a little bit about uh, Andrew Iaquinta. Tell us about yourself, your background. Absolutely. Um, so I started out almost like your mailroom story that you kind of hear in in uh, like the, the the movie industry. If you think about like Ari Emanuel or or someone that started out, uh, you know, sorting mail in, in, in WME or something like that. But I started out as an intern for Dan um, about eight years ago, I think this December. Um, so I, I kind of just started getting coffees and lunches and things like that. I was, I was your, your typical gopher, so to speak. Um, and, and then kind of just worked my way up because Dan, if, if, if you, and you know Paul Dan, uh, so you know Dan Paul, um, he has a lot of young people around him because of the energy that they are able to have, the, the things that they're able to see to usher in um, new and exciting um, and invigorating, you know, the city, but also his businesses. So um, as an intern, you know, I was given a lot of responsibility and Dan actually, you know, listened to a lot of the things that, that us interns had to say and continues to do that to this day. So um, I started out um, in business development um, by, you know, I, I used to, you know, I, I used to listen to your radio show. I used to read all of the magazines, um, the Detroit News, Detroit Free Press, Wall Street Journal, and I would have to pick out things that were interesting for Dan to think about or were rock as the family of companies were mentioned. It was, it was one of my busy work jobs. But out of that, I understood the deep uh, connection that Dan had with the business community and how he always wanted to have, you know, a pulse on, on what was going on. Um, what was being talked about and what opportunities existed. And so it, it was really from there that I got into business development and now help lead a small team uh, with, with Mark Hollis, uh, whom, whom you know well, sure. um, Alan Largen and Lexi Pochel, um, where we are able to uh, work in a similar capacity where we're just scouring for and being kind of the front door for uh, the Rock family of companies and trying to be as permeable as possible to partnering and bringing new opportunities to the city of Detroit, but also to Dan's more than 100 um, investments that, that he's accumulated over the past few decades. Pretty astounding. And uh, what a great position for a young guy like you to be in as, as a director of business development for Rock Ventures. Uh, our guest, uh, Andrew, uh, actually played a large role in bringing, for example, the Forbes Under 30 Summit to the city of Detroit. Tell us about that. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's great. We just actually wrapped up our, uh, it was actually our fourth year because we had a COVID leap year in there. So it was a three-year deal that we did with Forbes, but we got introduced um, through Steve Case, um, one of the uh, AOL founders, um, and he said, after it was leaving Boston, the summit that, you know, it, the, the Forbes platform and the summit could really do a lot for an emerging city. And, you know, and Steve's been very vocal and, and has a book uh, that I think he just has, it has coming out um, recently. He's been pushing um, about the rise of the rest, which is these tertiary markets and cities that, um, you know, were once um, uh, the, the cradles of innovation. Detroit, obviously, being no stranger to that. Um, and Detroit being the original Silicon Valley back a century ago, sure. Um, that that um, 
the Forbes platform could do so much to storytell and change the narrative for a city like Detroit. And so um, we got introduced to Randall Lane through Steve Case, and, and Dan said, we got to get this here. And so um, we had them out for a visit. And like many do, um, once you have your feet on the ground in Detroit and, and you see that the national narrative isn't how things actually are on the ground and you see the energy and the entrepreneurial spirit and, and, and the grittiness of the people that, um, that, that uh, live, work, and play here, that they fell in love with the city. And so um, we, we did a three-year deal um, that, that just ended. We had we had many countries, many states represented, and, and we were just really excited that, you know, Detroit and Forbes are on that same, um, on that same pedestal. You know, they're both brand names that, that, that really mean something in, in not only the business community, but in, in the, global, um, the global brand name, I guess, so to speak. So we're really happy that, that Forbes um, was here for so long, lent their platform to the entrepreneurs, to the lifestyle businesses, and to the community here and to help co-sign a city like Detroit. You know, I mean, you and I, Paul, can only for so long say, Detroit's amazing, Detroit's amazing, where, where folks say, okay, okay, I know you're from there, but it really takes these, these third-party validators, um, like, like a Chape Hope with Workshop and like, like a, a Forbes uh, media to say, hey, everyone else, like, you guys should be here, and if you're not, then you're really missing out. Uh, Andrew Iaquinta, Director of Business Development, Rock Ventures, and Chief Operating Officer of Workshop, uh, talking about the importance of something like the Forbes Under 30 Summit. What does something, a, a large-scale event like that, end up meaning to the city? I think it, it shows the, uh, the entrepreneurs, it shows the local business community that um, being from the city, there is a pathway to and room for them on that on the Forbes list it, you know it, it's such a um, it's such a staple of success you know everyone wants to be on the Forbes cover men- mentioned in, in in Forbes because it, it means you know success and I think that there's so many folks hustling in the city of Detroit there's so many business owners that aspire to be that and when you bring something like that to the city it shows it shows the city that it is attainable and and they can actually see it interact with the folks come out to the event, um, and and they can they can actually they can actually touch it and interact with the brand. I think that you know one thing that the CEO of Forbes said to us last week was that Detroit is a rare city in that when when Forbes comes to town, everywhere they go and people <clears throat> and people from Forbes introduce themselves. Detroit's just such a thankful community, and they're they're sincere in that in that. You know, they're 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 saying like, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you know, you could be anywhere else in the world, and you choose to be here, and we acknowledge that, and, and we're thankful for that. And I think that um, that's not the first time we've heard that when we bring when we bring great partners, celebrities, etc., to the city to showcase it. That um, that the city is actually actually um, genuinely grateful to have folks here. Sure. So, what's next, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're really excited that and, and uh, we had Randall Lane out for the NBA All Star Weekend in Cleveland uh, this past uh, this past winter, um, and uh, you know we wanted to showcase what the Midwest has to offer. I think that um, you know if you know Dan that that his his mindset and business acumen 
um, is very is very tied to not only Detroit but the Midwest with his ownership of the Cleveland Cavaliers um, and his real estate holdings there as well in Cleveland. That um, you know we wanted to make sure that this event um, or contributed to this event landing somewhere else in the Midwest because of you know Steve Case's original introduction. I'm saying the Midwest has so much to offer. The, these these second cities have so much to offer. So um, Forbes is going to be in in Cleveland next year. They just announced that last week. And so we're really excited about that um, and, and what Cleveland can, can gain uh, from Forbes being there and, and what, the, what the state of Ohio is going to gain um, from, from the Forbes platform. So that's what's next for Forbes Under 30 Summit. Um, what's next for workshop, um, you know, we, we have 10 artists that we will have signed uh, by end of year. Um, we're doing artist meetings this week. Half of our artists will be from the city of Detroit. Um, so we're very excited about that. Um, that was something that was really important to us to show that Detroit isn't a city right now that only does rap music. There's actually there's actually pop music, R&B still here. There's there's soul music. There's gospel. There's, there, there's also uh, rockers that are still here. And so we're excited to showcase um, all of what Detroit has to offer um, to, to the music. Um, scene and then showing the right way to partner with them. So um, that, that's what's next uh, uh, in my world that we'll be, uh, you know, running, running, uh, running towards from a 2023 standpoint. Um, and and then you know, who knows? We we might we might want to replace the, you know, upwards of 10,000 people that the Forbes Under 30 Summit in year one brought here. So stay tuned for for more large events coming to the city that we're working on. Excellent. We'll do that, and I bet you we'll check back in with you on that, too, Andrew. Thanks so much. Keep up the good work. Thank you for having me, Paul, and uh, you have a great day. You do the same. It's been our pleasure. Andrew Iaquinta, Director of Business Development, Rock Ventures, and Chief Operating Officer of Workshop, as we continue on Opportunity Detroit. Next up on Opportunity Detroit, we've got Lindsay Hunter IV, the owner of Lindsay Hunter Elite and CEO of Heartbreak Records. Welcome to Opportunity Detroit, Lindsay. Uh, thank you for having me, Paul. I want to know more about you and about your organization. Uh, tell me about yourself, your background. Uh, well, my name is Lindsay Hunter IV. Um, I'm named after my dad was a Detroit legend, a former Detroit Pistons player, two-time NBA champion, former NCAA and, and an NBA coach, Lindsey Hunter. Um, the Lindsey Hunter Elite aspect, uh, we that's kind of a family business. Um, I'm the I'm one of the first founders of it. Uh, once I got to go ahead of my dad, and it's the AU team, a Nike AU team based out of Detroit, and we have ages six all the way up to eleven. Well, this is it, this is excellent it be, because, as I understand, uh, Lindsey Hunter Elite is this premier Nike basketball organization that offers aspiring athletes world-class training and exposure to help elevate them to the next level. Your father certainly knew a thing or two about that, given <laughs> given what he did for a career. Uh, how did you get involved, or was it just automatic that you were going into the quote-unquote family business, Lindsey? Well, um, the family business definitely is basketball. Um, I played in high school. I played college. Then I went overseas and played three years. 
you know, I kind of just gave it up after uh, three years being away from the family. I was only in America probably a week out of three years. Oh, boy. But, you know, I just I just think it was time to wipe my hands clean with the game, but I didn't want to be done with it. So I, I had to figure out a way, how can I impact people in the basketball world without being on the court? Because that's the only way I knew. Um, and, you know, I played AAU growing up, and I just seen all the AAU programs and all the AAU nonsense. And I brought it up to my dad one day. I was like, you know what, Dad? Why don't we start an AAU team and run it the right way? <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> well, good for you. I mean, I think it's a great advantage, but it also has drawbacks. When you grow up in, in, a, in a situation where, in your case, your father played in the NBA, for goodness sakes. That is the elitist of the elite. That's a big deal. And I would I would think that's... A lot of pressure on a son. Oh, yes, Paul. Of, of course, a lot of pressure. A lot of people don't understand. Um, you know, when I play basketball, it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. You know, uh, you, you get you get good things out of it, then sometimes you get bad things. Like, um, back when I was playing in college, I went to Jackson State. Uh, my dad's alma mater, so I went to his college, too. Um, and you, were a glutton. Up- you were a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would play, you know, when I did something good, he's like, oh, you look like your dad. And I did something <laughs> bad. Are you your dad's kid? You know? Oh, boy. <laughs> it it kind of went both ways. Yeah. I, it, it, like you said, it's a blessing and a curse. I was, I was trying to avoid the curse part when I was saying what I said at the beginning, uh, because I, you know, I didn't know, but I can understand that. I think more people can relate to that, Lindsay, than you might guess. So you did your your business venture. You took advantage of your advantages with Lindsay Hunter Elite. That made good sense. You, you got a great, obviously, relationship with Nike. That's a good thing. And, and your dad's legacy to help you with that. Well, tell us uh, about Heartbreak Records. How did that come about? So um, Heartbreak Re- Records was uh, it was established three years ago when I, um, when I put down the basketball. Um, my older brother, um, Lindsey Hunter III, he actually is, um, he's been a musician all the way since, I want to say, his 10th grade year in high school. So when I stopped playing basketball, I was like, you know, I want to get into the music. You know, I want to make music, too. So we established Heartbreak Records, and um, that's that's what we've been pushing for about three years now. I'm actually an artist myself, but I do a lot of other business stuff. So, you know, the artist part of my life is very, very small. Yeah, but you know what? Um, being an artist, what do you what do you play? Um, so I'm, I'm more of a vocal guy, recording artist. I wish I knew how to play the guitar. Okay. Well, there's always time, but, but what my point is that being an artist and having a company like Heartbreak Records, signing up artists, I would think that they, they love the fact that you can talk the talk and walk the walk. Yeah, that, that's definitely an advantage. That's definitely an advantage. What are the goals for Heartbreak Records? So Heartbreak Records, you know, our goal, we, um, you know, we're a Detroit-based independent label. And we just want to get the sound of Detroit more global. That, that's, that's our goal. And um, we really, we really have been looking for alternative pop EDM artists to push because um, that's kind of our niche in the, in the music industry. 
I'm trying to think. Um, uh, forgive me for not knowing this. Uh, if it's Kid Rock or Eminem that has a record uh, label here in Detroit, um, I know it's one of them. I'm not sure, but certainly we all know Motown Records had its birth yeah. here in Detroit. So as yeah. I as I as I meet you, Lindsay Hunter the Fourth, I now will note that Lindsay Hunter the Fourth likes to take on really tough challenges under difficult circumstances. You, you you went into basketball with an NBA dad, and now you've gone into the record label business uh, in Detroit that had Motown and whatever the other uh, label might be. Wait, wait a minute. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of uh, who's the guy that had a band with himself and his drummer? Jack Black. Okay, so it was Jack Black had a label. That's who it was. But anyway, but anyway, you're—I mean—you're going into circumstances and situations where you're a trailblazer with a bit of weight around your back. Yeah, definitely, definitely have. Um, I definitely have a chip on my shoulder. I like to say, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's very hard, uh, you know, because my um, my artist name, my stage name is Vince Heartbreak, so it's it's very hard to go from being former NBA player son to branching out and doing your own thing, which I've had, I've had success with it, but you know, it's, it's kind of confusing. I was at the Forbes 30 for 30. uh, I was just going to say, you you know what? No one can take that away from you, Lindsay. And no one else in the family was there. I mean, this Forbes under 30 summit that you attended this month, that's a big deal. Tell us about it. Um, I, you know, I think it was really, really a good experience. It was my first time ever at a Forbes event. So I really didn't know how to, um, you know, have my mind screwed on going in, going into it. And, um, you know, I just walked away with a lot of connections, a lot of networking. I met so many people that could help me with a few of my businesses, and I could help them with a few of theirs. So I thought it was a really, really great ordeal. Something you definitely want to do again. Yes, yes, definitely. Next time they uh, they need to contact Heartbreak Records so they can book one of our artists for uh for <laughs> Now you're thinking. Now you're talking. Uh, that's a good way to look at it. And you, you've got the opportunity. You've got the foot in the door. What the heck? I got to go back to something you said a moment ago. Um, it, it, that I guess your stage name, we would say, is Vince Heartbreak. We know yeah. your name, Lindsay Hunter the Fourth. Um, how did you come up with Vince? Heartbreak. I mean, I mean, heartbreak in itself is probably a deep story. But how did you come up with Vince Heartbreak? So my, um, I came up with Vince Heartbreak uh, the the year I, uh, three years ago when I when I decided to um, put down the basketball and come back home. Um, I lost my granddad, and his name is um, Lindsey Benson Hunter the first. So he's the first that started off the legacy. Um, he's from Jackson, Mississippi. So when he passed, you know, I used to play basketball. I kept playing for a long time because, you know, I loved making my granddad. I loved seeing him smile when he saw me on television or came to a game, flew in to watch me. You know, I just loved the reaction I got from him. So when he, when he finished playing, when he, when he passed away, I, I just kind of, you know, I'm done with it. And his middle name is Benson, but in Jackson, Mississippi, um, and my, my granddad's a very old man. Back, back in, um, like the early 60s, late 50s they really weren't um you know they really couldn't speak they couldn't speak correctly or proper english so they would cut his name short to vincent but it's vincent so then they cut it short to vince so he went from lindsey vincent hunter to vince 
And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take that. And, you know, my granddad's gone. My heart's broke. So it's kind of a cruel world out here. So we're going to run with Vince Heartbreak. I think that's a sweet, wonderful story. And uh, I don't know how many people knew that story. I certainly didn't. But I love the fact in your family, you are big on legacies, or you wouldn't be Quattro, the fourth. Um, yeah, big on legacy. Yeah. But this is another way, another one uh, to remember and to uh, pay tribute to your grandpa and putting uh, Vince in your first name for your stage name, Vince Heartbreak. What a wonderful story. Well, listen, I wish you well. I want you to be as successful as you can be. How's that going? It's going pretty good. You know, as a um, young entrepreneur, you always have your ups and downs. But, um, you know, we've had a lot of success with um, both both business ventures. Heartbreak Records, myself, I'm our first artist in Heartbreak. And we were booked for um, Rolling Loud. We did Breakaway Festival. We did Mopop. Um, we did Backwoods and Bonfires. We've, we've been booked up a, a quite a quite a lot this um, summer. And for a young independent artist with, uh, I want to say, that big of a buzz, you know, I think that's pretty big time. I mean, granted, we have Lindsey Hunter as our co-signer who can get our foot in those doors, but uh, anything, anything's possible. Yeah. Hey, look, you, you take advantage of your advantages, and that's what you're doing uh, with your dad, with his name and his legacy. But this wouldn't go on its own and just by his name. You're running this thing. You're working hard, I assume. Yes. Oh, I, I'm. I would say I'm probably the hardest worker in the family now that my dad's retired. You know, he worked his whole life. He's pushing 54 now. It's time for him to relax. So it's time for his boys to pick up the torch. Wait a second. Wait a second. He's pushing 54. You say that like he's old. I just want to tell you from where I sit, he's still a pretty young man as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's pretty young, but you know, back back when he was in the NBA, I remember when he was a little bit more slimmer. You know, you could jump up and dunk the ball. <laughs> yeah, well, that eventually that goes away for everybody. Look at it this way: at least he could dunk the ball. There are many of us who have never, and nor will we ever, dunk the ball. Hey, ne- never, did, did never you? Ball. Well, I say I I never say never, but on this one, I'm gonna. <laughs> This one, I'm going to say never. Did every one of you dunk balls? Did, did the third, the second, everybody? Did everybody dunk balls? Yes. yes. Uh, my older brother, he was the first one to get the dunk. He got he got his dunk his junior year. Then I got my dunk my junior year. Then I have a little brother, Caleb Hunter, who I actually brought him to the Forbes event with me because I wanted to show him some business stuff. And he, he's holding the torch for the basketball career the family right now. He uh-huh. started dunking. In eighth grade. So he's, he's the chosen, I like to say, because he's the only one named not Wow, that's beautiful. Eighth grade. Well, you're a good brother, I can tell that. And a smart businessman, and we salute you. Lindsey Hunter the fourth, the owner of Lindsey Hunter Elite, CEO of Heartbreak Records, and as the vocal artist, Vince Heartbreak. A pleasure meeting you, and great having you on Opportunity Detroit. No problem, thanks, Paul. Thank you, Lindsay, Vince, as we continue on WJR. Finally, on Opportunity Detroit, we welcome in Anna Robb. She's the owner of Anna Robb LLC, and she helps us 
with our Opportunity Detroit broadcast every week. Anna, it's a pleasure putting you in the chair and having you as one of our special guests. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on the other side of it. You know, you are a Detroit content creator. And I'll give you my little uh, thing I'm proud of. My daughter, Sophie, uh, 19 years old, sophomore at University of Michigan, said to me the other day, Dad, it just occurred to me, you're a content creator every day. And I th- I thought, I, well, first of all, I never thought of that. I don't think in terms of content creators, frankly. But I do know that's the way to think of these things. And I'm proud, now that I think about it, to be a content creator. Tell me about your content as Anna Rob XO. Is that, how do I pronounce that? Yes. That is my handle because Anna Rob is a very generic name, so I had to throw a little XO at the end. <laughs> a little love. Yes, a little love. All so right. I started creating content about three years ago when I moved to Detroit from the suburbs, and I was just showing day a day in my life. I know that my family and a lot of other people where I grew up had this very negative perception of Detroit. So by showing them or just showing my social media following what I was doing every day, it sort of not only made my parents feel more comfortable that I was living in Detroit, but it shined a light on these awesome hidden gems and just gave exposure to these businesses that I think needed it, um, especially at a time during the pandemic. So now I show what I do every day. I go to restaurants. I work with the Pistons and really just showing everyone what Detroit is all about. Well, as a Detroit TikToker, I don't even know, is that the term? You're a TikToker? <laughs> yes, that as, is it. As, as a Detroit TikToker, you have an audience of more than 30,000 people. That's pretty incredible. Tell me about your uh, TikTok page and uh, and tell us how you get such a large audience. Yeah. So I literally went to bed one night. I posted a video about a micro studio that I was living in in Capitol Park in Detroit. It was 256 square feet. And I just posted about it, and I woke up. It had around a million views, and I had 20,000 new people watching my page every day. Uh, So that was a bit shocking. And then after that, I just kept doing my thing and showing Detroit off, and it's gradually grown now, I think, to like around 35,000 people watching it. Wow. Super crazy how you can go to bed and wake up to an audience like that. Well, uh, that's important. That uh, that garners respect and attention. Have people like from Pure Michigan or any tourism uh, organizations, departments uh, reached out to you? Not Pure Michigan yet. If they're listening, maybe, maybe they will. Maybe. <laughs> um, you never know. I, I have worked with Visit Detroit, and then I work with Bedrock, sometimes as well, which are two more like Detroit-centric touristy mm-hmm. pages. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, not pure Michigan yet. All right. Well, but you're out there and you're growing audience. Uh, so now you think about 35,000 people. Talk a little bit more of the about the type of content you create. Yeah. So 
I started off just doing my day in, a day in my life. So, you know, I go work out in Eastern Market or um, I'm a photographer. So going to photo shoots in different neighborhoods of the city that aren't necessarily downtown that like people see often. So I would go to Southwest Detroit or news center um, that don't get highlighted as much. And I still do that. But now I've been working a lot with local businesses and brands. Um, So sometimes I'll do work with the Pistons, like I said, or just like new business openings. Um, Sugar Factory just opened in Campus Martius. I'll feature that. So the feedback I've gotten from my followers is, my content shows them things to do in Detroit, and I think that's what I'm going to stick creating and showing them. Well, is that, so what came first? Um, you are a huge advocate for the city of Detroit. Is it because that's gotten the best, quickest, biggest reaction, or have you always been uh, a big supporter, a, a big advocate for the city of Detroit? Right. (laughs) Great question. So I grew up, like I said, in the suburbs and growing up, I had always heard that Detroit was unsafe. So I didn't know a lot about it. I was really afraid of it. And then I got a job with Quicken Loans back in 2018. And I remember driving down Woodward on my first day of work and just being shocked. I was like, this is Detroit. I didn't think it looked like this. And I instantly fell in love with it. Um, So I like to tell people that I fell in love with Detroit in 2018, and I've been obsessed with it ever since. So that was like the first time I was exposed to it, and I've loved it ever since. You know, you've just uh, stumbled, I'll say stumbled upon, uh, something that's an issue or something we need to uh, face. Uh, We're speaking with Anna Robb, the owner of Anna Robb LLC, a a Detroit content creator of note. Uh, anytime you have th- over 35,000 followers, you are of note and people pay attention. Uh, they're tuning in to see what she's doing because she shares her world. But what you just said, I drove down uh, Woodward and I went, what? This is Detroit? We suffer from and benefit from lowered expectations reduced expectations. That's the first impression that someone gets when they come into Detroit, when they haven't been here, they go, huh, well, this isn't that bad. Look, I made it from one end of the street to the other without getting killed. And uh, (laughs) this is a great place. We obviously have gone past that, for those of us who know, for those of us who live here. But we do have to recognize that we have benefited from reduced expectations, lowered expectations. And now we have to move on from that. How do we go about doing that, Anna? That is a good question. Honestly, I'm not sure, Paul. I I just think that we need to keep speaking about it, keep putting Detroit on the map, Um, It needs more global exposure, in my opinion. So people from Detroit know what it's all about. But like you said, if you go down south, they have a totally different idea about it. So I think if we get national global coverage that's positive, that'll start help shape 
the perception. I think you're absolutely right, Anna. And uh, we have been our own worst enemies at times. That is, mm-hmm. um, and I think people get this now, uh, you don't bring in family or friends into Detroit and take them to the worst areas of Detroit right. and say, look at this, isn't this terrible? Oh, this is really bad here. <laughs> it's, it, that's not helping anybody, uh, least of which would be us and the way we're trying to get people to fully understand Detroit. So, A, we don't do that anymore. We don't go, well, let's go here and see. It looks like a bombed-out area somewhere or (laughs) whatever. And uh, so we don't do that anymore. And now we also proudly announce we're from Detroit. For the longest time, you'd talk to somebody on an airplane or somewhere else, and uh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from uh, a suburb of Detroit. Mm -hmm. I'm from near Detroit. I'm from anything or anywhere other than saying proudly I'm from Detroit. Because, for example, people in New York or Chicago, I assume Los Angeles, although I stay away from there as much as I can, I assume (laughs) that those people, even when they don't live in New York City or live in Chicago, they say, I'm from Chicago. I'm from New York. You know, they say it with pride. I totally agree. Totally agree. And then we have things like Eight Mile, the movie, and people, that is what people think about it. That's what people want to see. I always get that comment on my age, like, show us Eight Mile. And, like, Detroit is so much more than that. Yeah. Well, that makes it tough. Uh, I appreciate you uh, tackling that best you can. Before we run out of time, uh, Anna Robb. Uh, which is at Anna Rob XO. Um, yes. How about some fall recommendations for people who might be visiting the city? Of course. So I just noticed today that Campus Marshes Park is totally decorated for fall. There's pumpkins. So that's always fun to just walk around. There's a lot of awesome restaurants in that area. Also, near Little Caesars Arena in the District Detroit Alleyway, there is a pop-up cider mill, Hmm. which is super cool. You don't have to leave the city to go to a cider mill and eat cider and donuts. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my favorite things. And then the last thing that I love to do in the fall is probably walk the river walk. You can do that anytime, but now the weather's cooling down and... It's just nice to be outside, and you can look over and wave to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's excellent. Those are some great ideas. I appreciate you sharing them, and uh, people can follow you there online and uh, and learn more along the way because you're a content creator extraordinaire, creating content (laughs) every day. As are you. (laughs) (laughs) As am I, as my daughter told me. Who knew? Uh, Anna Rob, thank you so much. Good luck to you with everything. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day. You do the same. Anna Rob XO. And uh, thanks to all of our guests, Andrew Iaquinta, Lindsay Hunter IV, and of course, Anna Rob, for spending some time with us and showing us how they're taking advantage of Opportunity Detroit. Go on out and make it a great one. See you in the morning, 6 till 9. Regards, Paul W. Smith.